I have to, I have to say, even in uh, preparing for this message this week, this uh, has been one of the most sobering passages to come across. Not only because see how far I fall short, but also because the Lord, this is one of the scriptures that the Lord used in drawing me to himself. I pray that we approach this with sober-mindedness, vigilance, and that we examine our hearts today. Let us pray. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity that it is to hear your word. Father, we all fall short. And it is so apparent that even when we look in the mirrors in the morning, we see just depravity. We realize, for some of us, we realize how we need you. Be with us now, O oh Lord. May today be the day of salvation for someone in here. May today be the day that someone is drawn back to you. Would you please do a work even now, O oh Lord. Fill us with more of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. As a child, one of my fondest memories was traveling on an airplane. We would board TWA. Some of y'all know about TWA, not all of us. We would board TWA, and the stewardess and the pilot would greet you. Before 9-11, you can go into the cockpit, you can sit in the pilot seat, flick a few buttons, and even been given some flight wings. In the cockpit, I was told about the different screens that the pilots would use in order to control the plane. One of interest was the radar. The radar would light up the positions of other planes nearby. Planes were moving fast in all types of directions. The screen was lit up and this was a good thing because you could see the direction of the other planes and where they were traveling. However, if anything happened to that screen, be a bad thing. Why? Well, the dark screen wouldn't show the position of the other planes, nor their vicinity, which could result in destruction. It was important for the screen to be illuminated because the position of the other planes would be clear. Darkness would only mean a greater potential for destruction. As planes travel different airways, so as hearers of this message today, and it is this, we are all traveling a pathway. Is our radar displaying light, or is it displaying darkness? 
How is the radar of your heart? We are either traveling in light or we are traveling in darkness. What pathway are you walking? The illuminated pathway or the darkened pathway? Turn with me to 1 John chapter 1. In our passage today, the Apostle John gives us two descriptions in order for us to self-examine and test ourselves as to whether we are walking the illuminated pathway. He does this first by describing God, verse 5, followed by describing light in verses 6 through 10. And how he does this? He does it by showing us what light produces and what it does not produce. Today, I want us all to consider, to ponder, and meditate. What is the radar of our lives displaying? Read with me as I read it aloud. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yeah. <clears throat> If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Let's look now at verse 5. When it comes to the basics of Christianity, All right. here is one essential truth. He says, this is the message. Hmm. This is the announcement, John says. We, referring to the apostles or the apostolic witness, have heard. Now remember in verses 1 through 4, John has already spoke about what they had heard and they had seen and touch. They heard the message from the eternal life. A message too good to be kept to oneself. It had been shared with them, and now they are sharing it with others. You know, Christians have the best news in the world. Amen? Amen. We know how one can receive eternal life. We know the pathway to heaven. Yes. Family, be unashamed with the message. Yeah. Pass it on. Share it with others. Share with others how to receive eternal life. And this isn't just any message, no. This message is divine as they heard it from him. They heard it from the mouth of Christ himself. Yes. 
He goes on to say, and now proclaim to you believers, to you audience members of various churches, to you Temple Hills Baptist Church, to you family, that God the Father, the first person of the Trinity, the supreme ruler of the entire world is what? He is light. Opposite of darkness. God is the radiant one. He is divine. God represents what is true, what is holy, what is lovely. Think on that for a moment. God is everything we wish we could be. Eternally perfect. He goes on to say, and in him is no darkness at all. Darkness represents evil and falsehood. And in fact, light exposes darkness. John makes it clear the distinction between light and darkness and defines the character of God. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. At this time, you had false teachers who were spreading lies and heresies that the spirit is good and matter is evil. In other words, the human body is matter, therefore it is evil, but yet the spirit is not. God is spirit, so therefore he is good. Now, this is true. However, if you end at this point, there presents a problem. The teachers would go on to say that Christ's humanity was evil and not good. Not only that, since the body is already evil, it can be treated harshly, denying the truth of being created in the image of God and Christ. Christ's deity was light. Christ's humanity was light. The truth is, God is light. And if you are following God, you are not walking in darkness. You are walking in the light. Now, what exactly does that look like? What does it look like to walk in the light? He does this, John goes on next to set up five conditional statements in these next couple of verses. In other words, these are tests. Notice he uses the word if followed by an action of some sort. If this is the case, then this is the result. It's not that hard. These tests were valid in biblical times. These tests are valid even today, right now. Amen. Pop quiz. If you say you are a Christian, here's the basics of Christianity 101. Welcome, I am your instructor, Warren. <laughs> Let's begin with what darkness produces. First, in verse 6a, darkness produces deception. All right. I was reminded of this recently when traveling on vacation to the Bahamas. Dominique and I were traveling. We stayed at a resort for some rest and relaxation. And for the young people today, they call it a baby moon. Now, I am one who typically doesn't eat breakfast at all. So I had my morning coffee and my banana, and I was ready to go. 
Dominique wanted to eat breakfast. As we were walking in, we paid for her to eat as I was content with not eating. We made our way to the breakfast buffet, and as you walk in, the aroma hit me right away. Ham, eggs, syrup, fresh fruit. It was a delight to my eyes. I turned around another corner, and boy, there was carbon roast beef, juices running down, pancakes and waffles being made right in front of me. We sat down, I start reading the word, she comes back to the table, crispy bacon and butter on her pancakes. My flesh began to be enticed. I thought to myself, no, I could grab a plate. They have plenty of food and making plenty of money. What would it matter if I ate? Now, now some of you, Maybe saying right along with me, you're right, brother, go ahead, what would it matter? They got plenty of money and food. But it matters to God. All right. I began to rationalize and conceptualize sin in my mind. What sin would it be? Be stealing. And this is what sin does. It deceives us into thinking something isn't sin when clearly it is. All right. Often for us, it is pride. Pride is one of the main culprits of deception because we can praise Jesus with our lips while inwardly masking our own self-righteousness. Verse 6. If we say, if we tell others we have fellowship with him, Fellowship involves close association, communion. Go back to verse 3 in chapter 1. John's goal in all of this is so that you may have fellowship with us and with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. All right. Love of God, love of others. False teachers have been parading around claiming to have fellowship with God, saying they knew God and had a close relationship with God. Oh, I know God. Oh, I know Jesus. People do the same thing today. Well, I went to church on Christmas. Well, I love God. You tell other people you have a close relationship with God. Nothing wrong with it, right? But again, walking in darkness produces deception. How? John adds on when he goes on to show us in verse 6b, while we walk that is, continuously live, go about our everyday lives in darkness. Hmm. Friends, communion with God isn't validated by your lips. It's right. validated by your walk. All right. And you can undo with your actions what you say with your lips. Hmm. Darkness is the opposite of God. It is evil. It is falsehood. Secrecy, the devil's kingdom. Ultimately, saying one thing while living another. And this is why we must be careful with celebrities, politicians, and pastors whom we hold in high esteem. Why? Because you can really be deceived into thinking that they're one way when they're really not. You don't know how they treat their wives. You don't know how they treat their spouses or anything like that. 
Have you been deceiving yourself and really walking in darkness? Some of us here today could be deceiving ourselves and are not really Christians. We may be on the wrong pathway. There are so many who claim to know Jesus but are living a different life. And it is so easy for us to point the finger at others while neglecting what is going on in our own hearts. John says, we do this, we lie and do not practice the truth. In other words, we are liars. We are living one big lie. We are not living according to the truth we proclaim. Another word is hypocrites. And it comes out. We speak loud against abortion now while neglecting the poor right outside our doors. We proclaim Christ yet fail to speak well of others and to our wives and our, our family members. We talk about and mimic those who believe they can speak in tongues, yet we fail to pray that the Lord would open their eyes to how spiritual gifts are used biblically. We can go on and on. The Bible is filled with individuals who claim to be one way while living a totally opposite life. In Exodus chapter 32, verse 22, Aaron blames the people when confronted for leading them into idolatry. Judas claimed to love Jesus but betrayed him for some money. You and I tell people to read their Bibles while we aren't reading it ourselves. There was an old saying, do as I say, not as I do. And this is so far from the truth. People are watching you and I say things about Christ, but testing to see if this is the same person when we get home. Some of you, your, your very kids are doing it. Hypocrisy. And hypocrisy can plague us. It is like living Halloween every day of our lives. We have on a costume attempting to mask who we really are on the outside while our deeds expose who we are on the inside. Mm. Verse 8. We're skipping around a bit. Here's the second condition. If we say we have no sin. That is, if we say we do not sin, sin is transgression or evil against God and his law. There, did you know that there are actually some denominations that teach that once you are in Christ, you do not sin? On the other side, there are individuals who will use words to justify their actions as if God did not say with certainty that something was sin. Oh, that was just a little white lie. Oh, it's not an adultery. It's an entanglement. I needed to vent but really, I'm complaining. The verb is that of a continuous action, making a continuous practice of sin. This was being told amongst the believers 
by these false teachers that they were not guilty of condemning or committing sin. They were free from sin and its penalty while not giving acknowledgement to Jesus as the one who gave access to forgiveness. In fact, many of you know this. Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Proverbs 20 verse 9, who can say I have made my heart pure, I am clean from my sin. No one, no one is free from saying they are guilty from sin or of sin. We sin with our actions. We sin with our thoughts. Our wants and desires are polluted. Sin is a present reality, not a past thought. Now, Perhaps the frequency is not like times past. And as believers, this should be the case. We shouldn't sin more. We should sin less. However, when we say we don't sin, in essence, we are saying we don't need the forgiveness of God. But John brings out an interesting factor when he says we have no sin. We deceive ourselves. This is an easy task when walking in darkness to deceive ourselves. Every morning, I get up when it's completely dark in my place, around 4.30 a.m. And I like to think I know my place very well. Some of you may do this too. I tend to keep the lights off because I can picture in my mind where things are without turning on the lights preventing from disturbing my wife. Now, she told me the night before, make sure you turn on the light so you won't run into something. <laughs> on a particular morning, I got up, was walking into the kitchen, forgot I left a basket of clothes in the middle of the floor, tripped and almost fell. Now, had I walked in the light, I would have seen the obstacle in front of me and moved it out of the way. But this is what darkness does. Darkness deceives us into thinking we know pathways, whether in our house or in life, and we end up stumbling because we've been too prideful in thinking we don't need the light. But let me make it more practical. We don't think we need to apologize. We mislead ourselves. Going astray from the right way. We wander aimlessly. When we deceive ourselves, we start looking more like Satan. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Jesus says Satan is a liar and the father of lies. Earlier in verse 6, John brought out, you are living a lie if you walk in darkness. Now, not only are you living a lie, but you are also speaking lies. And just as Satan deceives, like him, we can deceive ourselves. We are lying to ourselves. But not only that, he says, and the truth is not in us. God's truth is not inside of us. 
Truth is associated with the Father who is light. When you say you do not sin, are you truly expressing that you believe the gospel? Are we loving God and our neighbor when we deny sin, especially if someone else points it out to us? Many of us shoot down claims of sin without actually asking the Lord humbly, Lord, is this true? And I believe this person loves me. Help me to pause. And may your spirit open my eyes to your truth so that I don't deceive myself. Mm -hmm. Friends, what areas in our lives have we been blinded? Where have we denied sin in our lives? Perhaps am I too critical of others? Do I enjoy hearing myself talk over others, not caring to hear others in order to get my opinion out? I would say I'm venting, but others have said I'm complaining. Perhaps I am overeating. Maybe this music isn't good for my soul. so easy to deceive ourselves. It's so easy to indicate that the truth isn't inside of us. John has pointed out, walking in darkness can prove we are liars. We're not practicing the truth. We are deceiving ourselves. And, and it's confirming that the truth is not in us. And now he gives a third condition. When he says in verse 10, now skip what down with me to verse 10. We say we have sinned. Once again, he's building upon verse 8. If we say we have not sinned, John makes a stronger claim when he says we make him a liar. We are calling God a liar. God has declared we have sinned. He has said in his word, we have sinned. And we are turning around and saying, nope, we haven't sinned. God's word is saying this, but we are saying he's lying. There's one thing God cannot and will never do is lie. Hebrews 6, 18, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. Hmm. Titus chapter 1, verse 2, in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before ages begin. Hmm. Denial of sinful acts gives a blatant misrepresentation of God. And people who talk like this are either A, not Christians, or they have been or are being deceived. Notice he says next, and his word is not in us. It shows God's word is not in their hearts. For some of us, we wear sin like a crown. Well, I know I sin every day. Really? But does it grieve you? Does it grieve you? 
Do you recognize what sin does to your relationship with God? We have looked at what darkness produces. Now let us go back to verse 7 and see walking in the light produces community. Sin is a heavy topic. Here comes some relief. All right. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, here's the contrast. Condition number four. If you are continuously walking in the light, that is walking as a Christian, walking with God as only God is light before believers are to walk in the light. That is a willingness to be open to God and the revelation of his word. Walking in the truth. Christianity has ethical implications. Amen. Remember, verse five says God is light. And if we live our lives to mirror that light, mirror godliness, as he, being Christ, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have community. Mutual trust and fellowship. Why? Because we all walk in the light. We have an eternal bond. Sister Sledge may not know, but we are the true family. All right. And it's always something. I remember this past week sharing with, with uh, some members this week. I said, you know what? It is always something going on in our church. It is always something. If you sit back and look around enough, there's always something that you will be reminded of during the week. I reference back to Pastor Omar quoting Queen Latifah. I said, never thought I'd heard that. <laughs> There's something going on that when you get into fellowship with a community of believers, your love grows for one another. Amen. And you know what? You actually start missing one another, too. Now, on earth, there are some limits because we exist in the already, not yet. However, we can be in preparation. How? By how we love one another. Spending time with one another. Calling one another. Checking on one another. In fact, who in our congregation do you have fellowship with? Who do you think about? It is encouraged to have at least one other person here that you call and check on regularly. If you don't, then pray. Pray about someone the Lord can direct you to. Share meals together. This is how fellowship was displayed in the scriptures. If we walk in the light, not only does it produce fellowship, Fellowship with one another, but it produces fellowship with God because he is the light and has given us access to himself through his son. Light produces community, but also light produces cleansing. All right. Look at verse seven again. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that amazing? Amen. No longer the blood of bulls and goats. No longer is it the local high priest. 
It isn't in a confessional. It isn't Mary. It isn't you yourself who can cleanse you and everyone else from all sin. It is only the blood of Jesus. The Messiah who can cleanse from not one sin, but all sin. His blood purifies. In fact, there's a songwriter that said the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, blood was the payment and God's son provided. It wasn't magical. It was preservation. Now, two things to know. Jesus' death on the cross provided the payment of for those who walk in the light. His blood cleanses from sin those who walk in the light, who live their lives according to the truth. And second, the payment was for all sin. And some of us, some of us here today struggle questioning whether Jesus' blood was good enough. And I want you to know here today that the payment was in full, therefore the guilt is gone. The Bible tells us that all sin was paid for. Drugs, gossip, Sexual immorality, sex before marriage, abuse, homosexuality, abortion, murder, lying, cheating, stealing, pride, selfishness, adultery, brokenness, drunkenness, gluttony, and the list goes on. Jesus paid it all. He cleansed us from all of it. You don't have to feel that guilt anymore. Jesus took that guilt He took that burden for you and I. Remember going, as a child, going outside. You could stay outside until the streetlights came on. It was a time where everyone on the block knew of or knew each other. There was no such thing as spending hours in front of the TV. No one was video gaming it all day. We used to play things like tag, hide and seek, freeze tag, football, kickball. And for some of y'all, it was Jackson Marbles. We played together. We knew each other. You come in the house after being out all day smelling like outside. I remember my sister telling me, Boy, you smell like the great outdoors. Go get in the shower. (laughs) At this age, I was about eight years old at the time. I didn't have the best hygiene. I would go into the shower and I would stand under the water. And standing under the water wouldn't produce the desired effect, which was a clean body. I would come out of the shower after five minutes and my sister would say, Sir, did you use soap? (laughs) I wouldn't answer. You ain't clean. Get back in the shower, grab that Irish spring soap next to the tub, and use it. Now, this is alarming. Why? 
Because some of us are standing under the shower letting water run over us when we need to be cleansed with the purified blood of Jesus. Unrepentant sin still has its stains on you. Walking in darkness and can't see the dirt and filth covering your life. Family, you no longer have to live under the self-condemnation false teachers brought then, false teachers bring now. You can be cleansed. Amen. And you want to know how you can make the first step toward receiving the purification necessary? It's part of walking in the light. It's through confession. Light produces confession. Verse 9. One final conditional statement. John says, if we confess our sins, if we continuously admit, that's not going back over in your mind over the same sin. This is confession. Concede something that's factual when sin is committed, actually admitting to it. In this life, sin is certain. This is an acknowledgement of wrongdoing. Yes, I did this. Sinned against you. All evil deeds. Here's the promise. He is faithful. All right. Say it again. He is faithful. God is reliable. He is trustworthy. Did you know that? He is reliable. And not only that, he is righteous. Divinely upright, the ultimate standard of perfection. It is needed in order to forgive our sins. Jesus cleanses. The Father forgives. Jesus cleanses and he cancels the debt that we owe. The wages of sin is death, deserving of death because of our debt to God. But he forgives those who come to him with a humble heart. Listen. If you say you are a Christian, then you have a new relationship with confession. Confessing to the Lord and confessing to those to whom you have sinned against. There are many non-believers, in fact, that will confess their sins quicker than those who claim to be believers. However, the difference is true believers have a repentant, sorrowful confession knowing what their sin has done to their relationship with God. In fact, someone here may need to silently confess their sins to the Lord today. If that is you, then don't waste another moment. Do this now silently in your seat. Confess your sin to the Lord. Confess where you have fallen short. Maybe it, not, maybe it hasn't been verbally. Maybe it's been in your thoughts. John says, if you confess, God will forgive you. He is able to cleanse you, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all injustice, all unrighteousness, every kind of nasty, wicked thing, God can forgive you. He has the power to forgive 
Acknowledgement of sin is a requirement for the believer. In this life, we won't reach moral perfection, but God has provided a way of escape to the temptations of sin and death. You no longer have to live in bondage. God has completely wiped out the sins of those who confess them. Think for a moment. What sins have been present in my life that I have not confessed to God? What have I been doing, whether in my thoughts or in my actions, needing confession? You walk in the light, it means shedding light on the things said, thought, and done in the dark. Proverbs 28, verse 13, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find Some of us are weighed down with sins today, committed in your past. But John tells us today, God will forgive you if you confess your sin. Walk in the light. Believe the truth, and you will be free from condemnation. Redemption is available. It don't matter how long ago you committed that sin. If you confess to God, he will forgive you. Amen. Five conditions for us to self-examine and even think about as we go throughout this week, today, and our lives. Five conditions for us to self-examine to see as if we are truly walking in the light. The character of God Presented in verse 5, followed by contrasting the truths of what light and darkness produces. Light leads to experiencing the presence of God. Darkness leads to experience separation from God. How do you know when you are walking in the light? How do you know? Are you walking in the light? If you read on in John, he tells you. First John tells you. He says, and again, this is the basics of Christianity. You love God. You love people. You obey his commands. It ain't that hard. We complicate things. In 1990, a man named John McClain was waiting for his wife to land at Washington Dulles International Airport when terrorists took over the air traffic control system. The terrorists shut off the lights on the runway, making it impossible for incoming flights to land. The planes ended up circling the airport. The danger was the planes could either run out of fuel or collide with the runway, not knowing where to land. Friends, light provides illumination to see what is hidden in the dark. Some of you today may be failing to see the light God provides and are headed for separation from him and eternal darkness and destruction because you are not walking in the light. Don't let another moment go by today walking in darkness. Are you walking the illuminated path? 
Darkness only leads to tragedies quite like airplanes crashing due to light not illuminating a runway. Friends, embrace the light and walk in it today. Let us pray. Father, what a sobering passage for us to turn to. There's so many conditions, Lord, so many individuals who claim to know you, to know your word, Lord, but yet are walking in darkness. May that not be said of any in this place today. Lord, help us to walk in the light. Help us to examine ourselves to see whether we are in the faith. Lord, we often look so so much at what the world is doing and what everyone else is doing, Lord, but you've said in your word, you will judge the world. Lord, judgment begins at the, in the household of God. Help us to test ourselves as to whether we are in the faith. And Lord, for those who have confessed their sins to you, help us to walk in light. Help us to love you. Help us to love your people and to be obedient to your commandments. But we thank you for this passage today. May it be used to transform our hearts and minds in a way that gives us a greater love for Christ. It's in his name that we pray.